Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey. As local schools get ready to go back for a brand new academic year, Weybridge has decided to celebrate the end of the summer holidays in style. The new event, Late Summer Madness, has come to Churchfield's Recreation Ground with plenty of community groups coming together to tell the people of Weybridge exactly what they can offer. There's local music and live music from Brooklyn's radio alongside the atmosphere we'd expect from a normal party here in the town of Weybridge. Alongside Alan Bosson, Barry Richards and Leanne Brown, I'm JP. And over the next hour, we've got interviews from local storeholders, community groups and figures you might just recognise. And I'm here with Dave Arnold and you are the chairman, Dave, of Weybridge Society. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And I wondered if you could just give me a little bit of um, information about the society, um, what, what you do and your main purpose for Weybridge. Okay, well, the Society's been in existence for about 50, 60 years now. And our main purpose really is to uh, try and look after and in- improve the, uh, uh, the fabric of the, of the community, try and generate a community spirit, uh, and, and basically try and make the place a better place to live in. I mean, it, it's great what we have at the moment, but we really want to try and improve it. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got some beautiful greenery areas here and some fantastic playground areas. And I'm sure that you've been part of um, making sure that children and adults are all um, serviced, I guess. Um, But you've also been instrumental in making the the fair happen, I believe. Yes, I mean, uh, in some ways we were planning to have this at the end of uh, June uh, when the, the COVID really stopped us doing it at the time. Uh, yeah, we're, I'm, personally, I'm very, very pleased to see what's happened today. I mean, it's, it's great to see uh, representation for so many schools, especially the sports for children. And I mean, we want to focus on children as well as the older parts of our community. Uh, I think we've got a lovely setting here for it. I'm really pleased the way it's gone today. And uh, we're looking at uh, perhaps trying to do it again next year sometime. That sounds fantastic, and we'll have much, many more um, stalls maybe coming as well. So this is being the first one, then hopefully more people will come. Oh, that's for sure. I think this has been a bit of a trial, and uh, no doubt there's some lessons learned from today's experiment, if we can call it that. Uh, but having said all that, I mean, you look around, there's a lot of people with happy smiles on their faces and the kids are enjoying it. And let's face it, if the kids enjoy it, everybody else enjoys it. Absolutely. We've had um, all sorts, haven't we? We've got choirs, salsa dancing, tennis, rowing. There's some real fun things for everybody who are local to, to get involved, really. Yes, I, I, I think it's, to be honest, to, for me, it's a surprise when you walk around here to see the things that Weybridge actually has to offer. And I expect a lot of people that have visited us today will actually have that feeling as well. Oh, I didn't know that existed or that existed. And that's what we're about, really, with this event, actually to try and increase the knowledge of what Weybridge can provide to the community at whole. That's fantastic. And how can people get involved with the society? Are you looking for people to support you some more, um, more people to join the committee or anything like that? Uh, answers yes to all of that. I mean, I mean basically, the... Uh, the more members we have at a sort of base level, the better, because the bigger voice we have with the uh, local councils and so forth, where well, we've got a very good relationship with the councillors and uh, from both Surrey and, uh, and Elmbridge. Uh, we certainly need people to help us, uh, not necessarily on the committee. Um, 
in the last year, actually, we've had a, a couple of members come along and suggest things they'd like to, to do for the society. And, we're, you know, we've embraced that and we're working on that. So it's a question of if people have ideas that they'd like to see and like to develop, then please come along and talk to us. If you just want to lend a helping hand for, for whatever, whatever talents you might have, then come along and talk to us and uh, we'll be delighted to do that. That's fantastic. And so how can people get in touch with you? Have you got a website? Uh, the website's very easy to find. It's just waybridgesociety.org.uk. I'm sure if you just type that in, you'll find it very quickly. We do have a stand here, which is uh, towards the, um, the play area. If people want to come along, there's various brochures they can pick up. Um, but, but generally, or we do have Facebook, uh, I'm not up to speed with all these things, Instagram, and I uh, don't think we've got on TikTok yet, and that might be a bit far for us. But uh, Never say never. Never say never, no, never say never. A TikTok might be quite good, I mean, maybe I'll talk you into that later. Oh, okay, alright, <laughs> maybe you could join the society and help us. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got enough going on with Brooklyn's radio, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, okay, alright. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dave, for talking to us, I really appreciate it, and um, looking forward to the next one for sure thank you very much thank you well we're here at the um, Weybridge Lake Summer Fair this afternoon I'm with James East of Weybridge Lutabatters good afternoon good afternoon hi yeah um, we had a chat earlier on this year didn't we briefly um, how's it gone since then because you're trying to get more people recruited to um, join you has that happened uh, probably not as many as I would have liked I think in part it's because of holidays everyone's been you know focused on going on holiday uh, but I think now we're kind of looking forward to all getting out there and you know i think people feel more comfortable being out and about so hopefully an event like this will encourage people to sign up we're certainly teaching the kids young they're all they all actually seem to having a very good time picking up little bottle tops and everything and throwing them in bins yeah so we've been giving people a chance to try these these litter pickers you know these sort of devices that are kind of grabbers um lots of people have never tried them they're quite fun they're very manipulative so you can actually pick up really small objects i think the idea is to get people to to uh, think about litter picking young you know get them used to picking up litter I think if you catch them young you've got them for life yeah I remember going back to my youth in the parks they used to have those big spikes on the end of a stick and go and pick up all the paper on those long gone of those days um, now I'm trying to think how to phrase this um, you're doing a heck of a job around Weybridge I've got to tell you that it's, it, the streets look as tight as I've seen them for years yeah, and, and uh, basically that's down to you guys. So thank you from all of us here. Um, what can we, as the population of Waybridge, do to help you? I think the big thing is to build a community of people who care for their environment. And the more people you see out and about, you know, doing that, picking up litter, or if you, what we're trying to do is get people to adopt their streets so that if they're out and about walking in their street, walking their dog, and they see litter, sometimes the tendency is just to say, oh, I'll just leave it, it's someone else's job. Kick it in the gutter, let the road sweeper pick it up or something. Or just moan about it. And I think if we can keep our streets clean, and if people can see that other people care for the environment, then you're less likely to drop litter yourself. Or when you see people dropping litter, you're more likely to maybe, you know, mention it, you know, in a, in a polite way, say, please, can you not drop litter? Because, you know, there are people out there volunteering to keep this place clean. Uh, which you do. Um, certainly it's... A sort of a countrywide initiative now. Certainly, my street, you see people now with litter pickers most mornings going along. Unfortunately, they seem to be picking up these nitrous oxide bottles more than anything else. Um, but um, thank you very much for everything you've done and you're continuing to do. And may you um, hopefully this interview going out on air this afternoon will uh, get people to join up to you. How can they get in touch with you? 
Yeah, so if they go to um, just on the website to elmbridge.online, that'll take them to a website. They can sign up there. They can see a map of which areas have been adopted. And, uh, and if they sign up, they'll get an email from us. James East, thank you very much indeed. And I'm here with Daryl Hesse. And Daryl um, is a volunteer at Brooklyn's Museum. Hello, Daryl. Hello there. And I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about how you got involved in Brooklyn's Museum, because I know you're um, a volunteer there and also a tour guide. Um, well, many years ago, I was a, an air cadet um, at Brooklyn's, 11F Brooklyn's, um, the, uh, and for, until the early 90s. Um, I then left the air cadets, but I came back to visit the museum and thought, yeah, I could do volunteering here. So I know a background of the um, the museum as cadets. We used to help out with the museum back in the 80s as well. So, uh, yeah, that's my, my background to, uh, to Brooklyn's. But also my father worked in the 60s um, at Brooklyn's and my grandfather worked uh, during the early part of the First World War, uh, Second World War. Oh, fantastic. And what was he, what was he doing at Brooklyn's then? My granddad was um, a mechanic but he also used to take the planes up for a quick spin, so he'd dive, jump into a hurricane, take it around the, um, the circuit just to make sure it was working before it was then towed off to uh, an RAF station. Oh, that's amazing. So you had, um, you've got at Brooklyn's, you've got um, aircraft, you've got uh, the cars, and you've also got bikes, is that right? Correct. We've got uh, push bikes, which are penny farthings, uh, up to bikes that have actually raced at Brooklands, uh, 80 years old. Um, they're push bikes. And then we've got motorbikes. From the motorbikes, we've got cars that would go around the track. We've also got cars uh, from the very early F1, um, so the 1950s, 60s, 70s, right up to an e-car, uh, which is the uh, battery um, e Formula E, I think they call it. Um, and then we've got aircraft right from 1903-4 uh, right up to um, sort of present day um, j- Harrier jump jets. We've got a couple of those knocking around. So yeah, there's plenty there, plenty to see. Goodness gracious, what's your favourite? Probably the 24 litre um, Railton uh, Napier Railton, which is the track record. Um, uh, the speed track record holder um, which had never got broken Wow, that's fantastic and you've got lots of events going on I've got a little um, events calendar here um, lots going on now that we're all sort of free and, and post-pandemic I guess ish um, tell me about some of the events that you've got There's uh, actually tomorrow which is the the 5th or the 6th is it yeah the 5th Sunday the 5th we've got American Car Day um, after that we've got the Sterling Moss Tribute which is on Sunday the 12th um, we've got Emergency Services Day Brooklyn's Mini Day where all the minis, mini clubs turn up uh, Italian Car Day so we get every type of Italian car Ferraris Lagonda absolutely everything uh, the London Bus Museum has got a, a special day as well and they'll have, um, you can go onto the buses, uh, like an old route master, and they take you for a trip round the, um, up back up into Weybridge. Uh, vintage sports cars and military vehicle day. So the military vehicles will get um, new stuff and some of the really old stuff, like Jeeps and stuff like that. Um, 
every time you get a um, a day like that, it's very 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 busy, um, and it's it's a, a real buzz to the place, real buzz. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking at a beautiful red car here, which I'm thinking is like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. But maybe you could explain to our listeners, seeing as they can't see it, um, what sort of car it is. Right. Well, we have here a 1930s, we're not quite sure of the exact date, um, a 24-hour, Le Mans 24-hour car that would have gone around the track in in the early 30s. So the front of it has got these big headlights, um... And then the rest of it is um, in the, the colour of um, Lagonda, which is red. Um, and the, you'll find with this car, uh, although it's been round the track, it's also one that would have been used on if you were very posh and had lots of money. It's only got one door. So the door that you see here would be opened by your driver. You would get in and then the driver would go around the other side and climb over to get in, and then, because you were that posh, you would have a a driver to drive you around. I I always have a driver to drive me around. (laughs) I thought everyone did. Well, back in the day, if if you you would probably have a big hat as well. Oh, yes, I love it all. I love it all. Well, this is fantastic. Thank you very much, Daryl. We've really enjoyed um, your company, and it's been great to see you here in Weybridge, and we'll get to see you again, I think, next week, possibly. Yep, hopefully we will. Thank you very much indeed. I've moved away from Churchill's Recreation Grounds and come away to a slightly quieter but beautiful place uh, across the car park. I'm in St James's Church with Brian, who is the rector of the church. I'm Re- Brian Prother. I'm the rector of St James's Church and have been so since 2004. Wow, fantastic. And uh, tell us a little bit more about this church. I've got to admit, it's the first time I've been in here. It is a beautiful church. That's your loss. <laughs> Made good today. <laughs> the... Um, Basically, the consecration of this church took place in 1848, and it took, obviously, quite a number of years to build. It's built in the neo-Gothic style. Mm. The architect was John Loughborough Pearson, and the funding came from local donations, but the vast majority of it came from wealthy clergy. We don't have wealthy clergy anymore, but you did in those days. And the rector of Weybridge was the highest-paid clergyman in the Church of England, because he had all all the glebe and the, the tithes and all the rest of it coming, he he was on. He earned more than the Bishop of Winchester, much to the annoyance of the Bishop of Winchester. That's a brilliant story, and I I didn't realise, say, because you know we we see this church; it is very much part of the local community, and it's it's one that we see all the time. But I didn't realise it had been here for so long. Yeah, there's been actually been a, a Christian church on this site or hereabouts. For for fifteen hundred years, about mm. no, slightly slightly less than that, twelve hundred years, and um, this was built really to, much to the annoyance of the locals in the eighteen forties, um, as a rather a grand example of the neo Gothic style, and it was hoped that it would become the Anglo Catholic cathedral of the Thames Valley. I'm sad to tell you that it didn't become that, but never mind. It still maintains a a strong tradition of sacramental worship and devotion and uh, we're pretty normal with it which is quite quite refreshing really <laughs> it's very nice now we're talking about the community today and the event is all about what Weybridge offers the community and um, with the church here at St James's what do you offer to the community well if you can sing come along and sing better because we offer a free musical education to children and even to adults 
Um, we baptise people who wish to be baptised or parents who wish their children to be baptised. We give people a sense of belonging to something special and giving of the time and talents to the promotion of the mission of this church was to be out and about, not stuck behind desks, not managing, but being outside. And uh, in my nearly 18 years here, I guess I'm known for someone who is around the place quite a lot. And uh, my wife rather likes it like that, because I'm not under her feet. It's incredibly important. And I was told at the, uh, the front with the, the really friendly team that you've got here at the church uh, that you are going to be moving soon. I am too. I, I've, I've been, I'm, I'm extremely old. And, you don't uh, look it, oh, I, I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> You're very kind. It doesn't come over properly on radio, does it? But um, I, I'm retiring officially on the 3rd of December after, uh, after a fascinating 18 years here, <laughs> um, changing some things and restoring others. And, uh, but couldn't have done it without the help of the people because if the people stay away, it's their, it's their prerogative. Yeah. They haven't stayed away. They've stayed loyal. And uh, I'm, I, it's been a very a time of mixed experience. But isn't life like that? You know, I can't think of any better place to be to finish public ministry. I hate that word ministry. Why did I still use it? It shows how things can get into you without realising it. You know, working, gossiping the gospel is what I'd rather call it. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Very good, Brian. Thank you very much for having us here in the church. My great pleasure. I wish you well with your with your your outreach to the community with Brooklyn's Radio. Thank you very much, and good luck with after December. Thanks a lot, mate. Take care. And I'm here with Major Lester, and you are running the Waybridge Pottery. And I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about your pottery and what you do and who you so look our after. Pottery is pottery's in Mayfield Road in Weybridge, um, and we have about 18 local people who come to the pottery and make pots. And what you're seeing in front of you is their work. Um, and uh, you know, some of them, like uh, Zoe over here, has been a potter for a year. She's doing very well, making mugs and things like that. But here in the corner, we're particularly proud of the Kyle, Kyle boys, who have, this is their very first pots they've ever made. They made those pots five weeks ago. Not bad for the first, first attempt, I'd say. That's fantastic. And down here, and I've got a little job for you at Brooklyn's Radio. You have got to find me two people whose initials are T and M, because we here we have some napkin rings which have T and M on them, left over from a wedding, and uh, and and we'd definitely like to find someone who would who, who has the same initials. And as a prize, Brooklyn's Radio have negotiated this free <laughs> gift of napkin rings, as long as you could show that your name is. T and M initials. Well, that's a challenge for us. A challenge for and see if, you, see if you can find them. Absolutely. And um, if we did find anyone, who, where would they come to your website? Have you got a website? A website, Weybridge Pottery. So that's quite easy to find on the web. Web and, uh, and and you know, obviously, this offer is open open until we run out of napkin rings, <laughs> which is going to be quite some time because we've got enough here for a few couples. Absolutely. So you've got some beautiful um, pottery here. Tell me a little bit more. So these are the new people that have come along. Um, tell me some of these other ones that have got some fantastic designs. Around the back there, we've got a set of plates on the theme of Banksy. Uh, down the front here, we've got tea lights, diffusers with oil, uh, little jugs, ca- mini casseroles, large mugs for people who like large mugs, um, and then some sort of kind of sensible green green bowls at the back there and tell me a little bit about the process major is it um how long does it take for someone to sort of make a bowl or something right so it takes it takes about 
half an hour to make something like make something like this as your first pot. Then the next week you turn it upside down and you turn it. So you take you make this foot on the bottom of the pot. It's called turning. And then the next week you smooth it down a little bit, prepare it so that it looks nice, doesn't have any rough edges. And then the week after that you glaze it. You put the glaze on the outside. In between the last week and the glazing, it's fired in the kiln at a, at a thousand degrees for a bisque firing, and then you glaze it and it's fired at 1250 degrees. So basically, there's no way you can get it, make a pot in kind of less than five weeks. So my classes are basically first four weeks. I show you those those uh, those elements of making a pot, and then after that, it's practice. Pottery is like being a musician. You just need to practice. Lots of practice. And who is your inspiration for your pottery then? My inspiration is a man called Hamada, who is Soji Hamada. He's a Japanese potter. He's a living legend. Um, I'm afraid he's not living anymore, but his grandson is making pots in Mashiko, just north of Tokyo. And basically his, his policy, his philosophy is that every pot has three qualities, just three qualities. First of all, it must be beautiful to touch and feel, look at. The glaze must be satisfactory. Uh, secondly, it must be functional. We're making pottery for use in the house. Even if it's just to rest your chopsticks on, it's got to have some sort of function. Nothing wrong with sculpture, but that's a different game. And thirdly, it must be repeatable. You must be able to make it again, because we're not doing random work in a kiln where it may or may not work. You're trying to make something that you can make again and sell at a reasonable price for people to use in their household. Fantastic. So tell me lastly about your classes. So how can people get involved in your classes? So if, you, if they go on the website, they can see the price of the classes. They're £20 an hour for the lessons and £5 for practice. But uh, yes, if, if they go to the website, there's all the prices of all the things. They might just want to rent the kiln. A lot of people do just rent the kiln. That's fantastic. And uh, hopefully you've had a great day here at Weybridge yes, Park. It's been, very, it's been very good so far. You know, I've, I've sold lots of pots and my students have sold lots of pots. And that's what I like. I like them to come to my pottery, learn how to make pots, make the pots, put them on a table. And then someone comes up and says, that's a nice pot, puts their hand in their pocket and brings out a folding bit of folding money and goes away happy. Fantastic. So Hopefully the pot then gets used. It goes into a house, gets used to drink tea out of. It's a very intimate connection. It is, it is. But thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. And look forward to speaking to you again soon. And good luck with your mission and finding me a T&M. A T&M, we're on it. <laughs> well, we're sort of halfway through the event now, just coming up to two o'clock. You can probably vaguely hear in the background the Weybridge male voice choir singing away for us very nicely. We've had the... Anna Foy and Luke Richards so far. <laughs> we got Rosie. Rosie, I've forgotten Anna. Rosie Trentham. She's coming on to sing for us later on, and then the choir will do another set after that as well. It's crowded. It's more crowded than <laughs> a lot of very excited dogs running around as well. That one, their little border terrier, just like mine. <laughs> yeah, it's just like my dog. Never mind. He's owned oh, my daughter. <laughs> There's a lot of people still here, a lot of people still arriving. The good thing is that a lot of people seem to use the, the park as a cut-through to get somewhere else. And basically they're coming through the park and um, stopping and having a chat and a look at some of the stalls that are here. What have we got around here? We've got um, Boy Scouts, we've got Brooklyn's Radio. I'm not, I'd say Boy Scouts, apparently it's scouting. Weybridge and Gloom is over there, Weybridge Salsa is over there, Weybridge Vandals Rugby and Netball are here as well. And over the course of the afternoon, we'll try and get a chat with all of these people and uh, keep you up to date as we go along. Uh, Graham is part of a very important uh, trust. Graham, tell us all about it. 
Okay, so um, we formed a trust uh, just over four and a half years ago uh, when we sadly lost my eldest daughter to uh, suicide. Um, and rather than just cr crawling under a stone, we decided that we would um, try and help mem uh, ch uh, children and young adults under the age of 30 in, in Elmbridge and Kingston. Um, we didn't know my daughter had been suffering with mental health from the age of 13. Um, and finally, we, did, we got her some help by the time she was 25, but it was too late. Uh, and within two years, she sadly uh, she took her life. Um, so what, what are we doing now is we're providing early intervention with um, children in schools. We're supporting three secondary schools in Elmbridge, uh, Isha High School, Free Rivers and uh, Hinchley Wood and three schools in Kingston. And we provide early intervention, we get counselling for them, we provide a counsellor in the schools one day a week and that's all raised from money of events like this and um, other public events that we do. So we feel that it's really, really important that you start to talk about mental health. It needs to be treated in the same way as cancer, heart disease. If you talk about it and you, and you understand that it's okay not to be okay, it's okay to feel bad, it's okay to be in that, in that bad box, but if you talk about it, we just talk about it amongst yourselves, you can one day prevent someone taking my angel away from me. And you'll save somebody else's angel. And, um, you know, and it's, it's, I don't like to make mental health a simple thing, but it is really, really simple. If you can talk to people and listen to people, listen to what they've got to say and don't, and don't judge them, then and just be kind, that's all we need to do, then life would be a lot more simple. I was walking along the river the other day, and I, when I was walking along, there was this stand with a life buoy on there, and it said, life-saving equipment. And it, it sort of really made me laugh, really, and I thought, that's simple, isn't it? A boy, a little boy, round ring, you throw it in, and um, it saves somebody's life if they're, if they're drowning. And, you know, it's like... Like it made me start thinking about, you know, if you was, you know, you're not expected to be, you're not expected to save that person's life. All you're meant to do is throw that ring into the water and give them some encouragement to get to that ring and get themselves out of the ring. You're not expected to give them life safety, medical help. That's, you leave that to the professionals. So if you could see someone who's not quite right, throw them that ring. Just say to them, are you okay? And don't just accept the first answer. Ask them again, are you okay? You're not expected to solve it for them. You can just signpost them with the help of that ring to organisations that can help. And that's all I'm saying to you is, please, all of you in, in the world, just be kind and talk to people. I think that's brilliant, Graham. Now, tell <coughs> us about how you go about raising money. So, we, go, we raise money by putting on social events, uh, sports events um, and so yesterday we had a golf day we had a hundred golfers that played at Leatherhead Golf Course so we raised money there we've got a dinner and dance coming up in uh, November uh, where we hope to raise a lot of money there and we've got this we're doing we're helping uh, Waybridge Rowing Club and Canoe Club uh, to put mental health first aid counselling on their list so that their well-being officers can throw that ring ring to somebody 
and say, are you okay? So we've got the best, this event on the 10th of October. It's called Row, Paddle, Run. Uh, we're expecting as many people as possible to turn up, a £10 uh, entry fee, and uh, it's on World Mental Health Day, the 10th of October, and that's the sort of things that we put on, the events that we put on, yeah. Graham, that's absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, if people want to contact the charity or donate, what do they do? Well, we're on the, we're on the internet, so uh, you can see us at the, uh, on the World Wide Net. It's uh, Trust. We're on Instagram as well, Trust. Uh, you, you know, you, you can contact us, phone us. I've got a little stall over there that you can come and have a chat with me about. And, um, you know, I'm more than happy to throw you a ring anytime. Graham, thank you so much for talking to us this thank afternoon. You. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm here at the Salsa Stand, Salsa Weybridge, um, Weybridge Salsa, sorry. And you can find um, the uh, Salsa team at weybridgesalsa.co.uk. And I'm here with Roberta, who is the co-founder and teacher. Hi, Roberta. Hello. Hi, everyone. And I wondered if you could just give us a little um, explanation of where we can find you and what you're doing um, salsa-wise and your um, classes and how long you've been um, dancing. Sure. So um, we are going to reopen since COVID on this, th- this coming Thursday. And we are in St. James Church Hall in Weybridge. Um, and we run classes for beginners and improvers and intermediates between 8 and 9. You gave the address already of our uh, website. Um, so Weybridge Salsa was founded in 2019. And we had a, and we still have a lovely big group of diverse people with different abilities and age and from different walk of life. Uh, salsa is very inclusive, so you don't really need to be an expert or a dancer or have a sense of music really to get started. And uh, of course, COVID hit, so we had to stop. We went uh, online for the past 18 months and we are so excited to be starting again on Thursday. There's, um, there's nothing like, I mean, being online and trying to do the dance steps as well. So what, what's your advice for keeping the motivation going and, um, and trying to get that online community? Did you, did you, how did you overcome those, that adversity? I think when uh, COVID hit, um, our group especially were desperate to keep that sense of community, that like human contact. And uh, uh, when we announced to them that we were actually going to keep the same calendar and have classes on Wednesdays and Thursdays, they jumped at the idea. And so they, right from the very beginning, uh, subscribed for the online classes uh, and that, that kept them going. And... Uh, 18 months later, here we are and we are back live, so we are very, very excited. That's fantastic. And how long have you been dancing? So I've been dancing all my life. So I started with ballet when I was really little. And then when I moved, in, when I moved to UK, um, 17 years ago, I started salsa. And then I sort of became a teacher five years later. And I taught in London. I performed in London. I did performing arts as well. And then when I moved to Weybridge after my first baby, I thought, hmm, I think Weybridge needs a little bit of Latin dance. So, yes. 
I think you're right, absolutely. A little bit of Latino and, uh, and salsa goes a long way, doesn't it? Makes you very happy, I think. I think it's a lovely way to keep fit and to meet other people. And as I said, it's very inclusive. So it's not for a specific category. Everyone is welcome. And regardless of your like medical history, you can join, you can keep moving and you can be fit. And you don't need a partner or is it best to have a partner? So, of course, partner is great to have, uh, but you don't really keep it. So we teach the individual steps. And what we do as teachers is we go to all the different students and we try all the leads so that everyone knows what we are doing. Um, Of course, you know, with COVID, we are not forcing couples to rotate. Um, Everyone can do whatever they feel comfortable with. And as teachers, we are going to keep working with both couples and people that don't have a partner that's fantastic so we can find you on waybridge high street i think that's where the church is oh no the church so it's right where the big car park is right here in uh, church fields uh, and uh, it's st james church hall um so yes every thursday i might come along (laughs) yes please do (laughs) thank you so much roberta really appreciate thank you thank you bye I have come over now to speak with Eva from the Weybridge Rowing Club. Thank you very much for having us over today. Um, First of all, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the club? Um, Yes, Weybridge Rowing Club is a small but energetic uh, rowing club. We like to say we are competitive, (laughs) but we do have a range of, say, uh, um, um, ambitions and and sort of uh, skills and also time to spend on rowing in the club. We've got roughly 170 active members. Wow, fantastic. That's a great club. And of course, we're very lucky in this area, the fact that we do have the river. Whereabouts are you based? Um, We are based um, just off the Thames Lock, where the way comes out into the Thames. It's a little island. It's very lovely. Perfect. What a nice place to be. I know. And you said you've got a huge amount of members. Um, Tell us a little bit more about the membership. Have you got certain age ranges or, you know, is it... Yeah, tell us a bit more about the club and who can join. Yes, we've got a junior section, sort of 12 plus or 12 to 18 are our juniors. We've got a lot of them. They train very hard and they they do very well. They're lovely. And then we have adult members of various ages. We've got lots of master's members, i.e. that's 27 plus. And it goes all all the way up to 80 plus, even for competing in master's categories. It's it's very competitive over 80. (laughs) There's definitely the competition there. Yes. So we're obviously here today and we're talking about what organisations such as Weybridge Rowing Club can do for the community what is it that you offer the people of Weybridge? What we offer is um, a place to go to not just be physically active and be you know outdoors and in a natural environment but also to socialize and to feel included in the Mm. community and to grow that community spirit we really are about inclusivity we really are about enabling even if you don't think of yourself i'm you know as a rower you're not necessarily built as a rower that's fine just come and do it anyone can do it that's lovely and it's so good to have such a diverse membership i saw a minute ago as well that you have as part of your your club now or in the past a member of team gb Yes, Matt Matt Tarrant has been doing uh, really well. He's been selected in the GB squad uh, for for many years now. He's been working very hard. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we're we're very proud of him. But we've got lots of members who, you know, have done very competitive high-end rowing and are carrying on and keeping rowing as their lifestyle. Incredible. I can see a couple of rowing machines here, so I think we might have a go on those later. But for now, Eva, thank you very much for speaking with us. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs)
We've come to the end of the day here at Churchfield's Recreation Ground as the late summer madness has come to a close. It's been great to come along and see all the different people that have been supporting and the brilliant community groups. It's nice to have an event where we think about what Weybridge can do for the people of the town instead of the other way around. A big thanks for your company and for listening today. Of course, a big thanks as well to Alan Bosson, who led the outside broadcast, to Barry Richards and to Leanne Brown, all of whom were involved and you've heard interviews from. We'll be back out and about live and local as always you can find out more information about our outside broadcasts at our website brooklandsradio.co.uk but for now a big thank you for joining us and we hope to be seeing you out and about very soon brooklands radio loving events in surrey